Hello and welcome to the Everton Aren't We podcast. My name is Graham, and today I'm joined by John, Andrew and Lee. Um, and we're just going to give a wee rundown of the weekly news of what there is and some of the transfer rumours that are going about. So guys, first of all, I know there's been a lot of noise about it. Um, you'd think it would have died down, but you know people are still reacting, and rightfully so. So on Sky Sports, Dermot Gallagher's review of Mitrovic's challenge on Adrissa Gana Guy, he said it was a strong yellow. I don't know if those were the exact words that he used, but is this where it is now, where things aren't black and white in terms of challenges and player endangerment, endangerment should I say? Um, John, I'll, I'll come first to you. Um what did you think? Because the steam was coming out my ears when I seen that, mate. Yeah, I mean, he's an idiot. Um, to sum it up, he, he doesn't know what he's talking about, basically. Um, he said last year, the Alan read against Newcastle, he said um, they look at the point of contact, and the point of contact is above the ankle, which clearly it wasn't. Um, but he said you can't see it because it's such a high speed. So he was justifying a red card. Um, he said any points above the contact of the ankle uh, will be sanctioned with a red card. It was clearly below the ankle uh, and we got a red card and he still said it was the right decision. So that makes no sense. Um, the Van Dyke one on, on Onana earlier on this season, uh, he said it's not a red yeah. because his foot slides down the shin onto the foot. Because he's come a short distance, he hasn't got the intensity in the tackle. The big impact is on the foot. That was clearly above the ankle. Um, and the Sky presenter slows it down and he shows him a clip of the ball several yards away from Onana and Gallagher still says it's the right decision. And yeah. then the Mitrovic one on Gay, he says what helps him is that he comes from a short distance and hasn't got the intensity. That's clearly his favourite saying. What, what just... helps him? Jeez. Yeah, all what BS. A statement. And then he said strong yellow card, clearly above the ankle again, yellow card, and Gallagher says the right decision. So he, he hasn't got a baldy clue. He literally hasn't no. got a clue. And why this fella keeps getting airtime on Sky Sports is beyond me because he's clueless. Now, Andrew, just to come to you, mate, would, do you think that there's a, uh, it, it just sort of feeds that narrative with, with the fans, with the aggrieved fan base anyway, I would say that that there's puppet masters pulling the strings behind the scenes. Like Dermot Gallagher to me, and I know you're based in the US, but I'm, I'm sure you see some of the clips and stuff. And mm-hmm. um, even if you only hear them, we'll just picture the Monopoly guy in all black, yeah. basically. <laughs> You know, I mean, he should go to jail for some of these comments, but sorry. But um, no, you know, ultimately, the way he comes out and he's so inconsistent, it just looks like things are put in his ear before going on. Um, I don't think he's clueless. I would actually uh, refute that. I think he knows exactly what is correct, but that's not his job. His job is to back the refs and be the trusted face in the media saying, these refs are competent and doing their job to the best of their ability. So that's why there's so many inconsistencies. I don't think he doesn't know. It's very easy to know the rules and interpret them as such. Yeah. He is interpreting them for the benefit of the PGMOL. He's a whopper. That's what he is. Lee. um, Also, uh, there's a a word for a strong yellow. It's red. Yeah. That was that's true. Red also has another word that is not really allowed to be said on a weekly podcast because there may be some young ones listening, but finishing shite. Lee, um, have you anything to add to that in re- regards to Dermot Gallagher? Um, you were quite vocal on the last podcast. I really enjoyed listening to it. Um, do you want to give me your thoughts? 
yeah, <laughs> after well, letting that digest, basically? Obviously, I, I, well, I watched it. I seen the clip on um, Twitter, and I was just, I was just gobsmacked because it's just one of them. Like it's, he's, he is so inconsistent. But I do agree with Andrew. I think he knows exactly what he's saying and why he's saying it. It's just, it's just frustrating. I would like to think that it's not corruption. Mm. I think it's just the referees are that absolute shite. But it, but it feeds into that thing, though, doesn't it? It, it, it does feed it. into it. It does. It really does. But it's not. It's not just one team that suffers, though. Because I mean, I'm pretty sure if you listen to uh, if other clubs had fan bases had podcasts, which I'm sure they do, that there'd be at least one or two. It's becoming a weekly thing now. Yeah, and I think David said yeah. that on the pod on Sunday. It's yeah. literally getting to the point where it's one or two in every game. Never mind one or two a weekend. And I just yeah. think now, I think there's got to be a fundamental change in how the referees are trained. Yeah. Because... And, and, no, I was just going to say, and how it's reported, agreeing with you now, carry on just and how it's reported as well, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, even if you look at the goal that we scored against Palace, that Gordon goal, the one that Gordon scored, how on earth can you give that as offside? When he, put, he was like four yards behind the play. Yeah. I mean that's... the speed of the game the one thing I'll give the refs to do the speed of the game is getting quicker and quicker and the likes of Mike Riley last well Mike Dean sorry last year and John Moss I'm not being funny I'm, I hope when I'm 50 I'm not having to run around with a bunch of 24 <laughs> year olds who are probably some of the fittest athletes in the world yeah it's 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 virtually impossible to, to yeah. be able to keep up with them no, I, so, I, I completely agree. Yeah. I, I I agree with the, everything you're all saying, and yeah, to me Gallagher, it just it's another dead leaf on this on this dead plant. Really, like it just needs picking and 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 bend, To be absolutely honest with you, because I think he's sent out as this sort of fire cooler. You know, this guy to come out and just just calm the tension. Because I think Sky still believes that his word is. Hold substance. Hold substance. Thank you. Yeah, you know that if people are going to say no, but Dermot Gallagher, he's had all weekend to break it down, and he's given it here. But as we say, this is a consistent thing, and you make a great point. You know, it's it's nearly as if they're protecting the product, and we say that about players. So why would them guys not be doing that and protecting the Premier League in terms of worldwide sports franchises? You know, obviously, we have a couple of U.S. guys here and they are football fanatics, but they do enjoy other sports. But, you know, a lot of U.S. sports for how they dominate worldwide and sales and stuff and being watched, you know, they're just there all over the world. Football's played leagues everywhere. Premier League is the alpha. You know, it's it's top of the food chain. Yes, people will debate that. The fans of La Liga, um, most notably, but Premier League just gets it all. So they have to sort of protect this thing. Like you go into shops now and there's chocolate bars with Liverpool Spurs, Spurs on a chocolate bar. Oh, disgusting. By, by doing stuff like that, it's making the whole world see the Premier League is yeah. it's actually going backwards. You know what I mean? Massively, yeah. But it's yeah. protecting them because they don't care. You know, they talk about all these fan bases and in Asia and, and respectively in the US and Africa and stuff. And they do, they all support Liverpool, Manchester United, Arsenal. And Chelsea, because a now man city and some Spurs, and, you, and then you do get some diehards, and it's fantastic. And clearly, with our listening base, we 
there's people listening all of the word and fantastic and you want more people they love and want the game. But if they're seeing if they're seeing their players get away with red cards consistently, they're not going to care. They're, they're going to love being protected. Like you see all these Liverpool fans, especially, we love to put the boot into them because that's who they are, just like they do with us. But you see these guys when things actually go wrong and things can't be hidden, you see the, the mental reactions of their videos on, on Twitter and stuff. Do you know what I mean? So it erupts. So it's hard not to think that there is this. Even even if corruption is too hard a word, do we all think it's fair to say that it's just not an even playing well, field? I, I was just going to say, if you if you listen to pundits for years now, they've all said, like, we've got the best managers, we've got the best products, it's the most watched league in the world, and now we're starting to get, like, world-class players in, well, not even in the pump, coming to this country, which is something yeah. that hasn't happened, really. We had Ronaldo, yeah. or he... Yeah, Ronaldo, Rini, sort of that. Went on and became something totally different. But now yeah. we've got a player who could literally probably win seven or eight Ballon d'Ors. Well, yes, yeah, since, since it was a sky top four, since you had that United spearhead yeah. of Ronaldo, Tevez, Rini, you Drogba, oh. Lampard at Chelsea. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you had all that going across... <laughs> Suarez or, or Fernando Torres at Liverpool. I can sit and name the teams you want and see them at Arsenal, but it, it's nearly like there's been a reset and we were sort of getting players here, there and everywhere. But again, now we like what Man City are bringing through with what Liverpool are bringing through. Now these dominating players, these properly dom- record breakers. It, it just, I don't know, it just... But I was just going to say, the one, part, the one part of the game that we're not the best at is the refereeing. Yeah. We've got some of yeah. the best stadiums, some of the best fans. Yeah, we all, we all know what they need to do, but they just won't do it. We know but, what the next step is now, and they're just so reluctant to do it, and it's going to expose everything, that's why. Bunch of analytical nerds running VAR. I keep saying it. Yeah. People who yeah. don't like football and just love being yeah. right and getting the correct decisions. That's who you need. Because yeah. see if you got people like that and doing VAR, you wouldn't even need it. You could have a young person just checking for VAR, running, mm-hmm. and keeping up with those players instead of much older guys just afraid of letting the sun go. That's but- the thing about that. That's the thing that annoyed me about that challenge, though. You wouldn't even need someone who just wants to be right all the time. Yeah. Nah. It, that sure. is, but they know I mean, VAR is backing them up. And that's why yeah. they, they know they're, they know if they get it wrong, it can be overturned and yeah. no one will worry about it. I'm, they know not, if they... I'm not saying that Mitrovic wanted to hurt him. No, but of course not. He was not. clearly late. He was standing he was frustrated as well, foot on the floor. Everton. Everything well, he ticked all the boxes to get a red card, yeah. And yeah, for some strange reason, he didn't get one. And it's yeah, just that, like he's, he was frustrated in there because of what was going on, and they were gunning for Guy in that game. You know, clearly, with Marco Silva's knowledge of a Dressigana guy, like he, he knew how he would play, he knew how he would turn, mm. you know. So he had them on him. And I think we, we Guy and he was nipping the ball off Mitrovic in there, and he got frustrated. Now, last time I seen a player get extremely frustrated with an Everton player. Andre Gomez caught uh, Son with, with a stray elbow, just holding up the ball as, mm-hmm. as he does with his posture. You know, when he rushed in on him, he didn't mean to break his leg, but he put him on the Serge Aurier. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the rest of Gomez went and his ankle stayed and look what happened there. So there can be consequences. So just on closing, because we have rambled on it uh, a fair bit here, that ultimately they're up to something, yeah. So, anyway, moving on here, folks. Um, there was a video came out this week through William Hill 
a good lady presenter and her co-host, Big Sam Alderdice. Don't like calling him Big Sam. But um, yeah, they had a guest on, Duncan Ferguson, um, and they were on at the start. You had Ferguson talking about why have you got me on here to talk about England at a World Cup. And then it just sort of got a bit of a weird loving. Um, he did talk about his stuff with Ancelotti and stuff, but I want to focus on just the things that he was saying around Sam Alderdice's time at the club. To me, still with the two of them now, it feels like Duncan Ferguson has he's not fallen out of love with Everton Football Club, but he's definitely... It feels like there's a bit of black, bad blood with the board and it just mixes nicely in with Sam Alderdice's too. Alderdice was talking about that he was under the impression. It seemed that he was going to be leading the team out in Bramley Moor and, and that he thought he did a good job, even though analytically he was bottom of the board for everything, near, near enough. But he did get us the eighth, eighth place finish. Um, Andrew, I'll come to you first. Uh, what was your take on the video? Um, how did you feel about it? And was it as weird for you watching as it was for me? Pretty weird. Um, I can't imagine that most people, especially media trained people in that situation would just go off on Allardyce like many of us would want to. Uh, the other thing I would say is as much as we've complained about the board, at least since my time on this show, and that's been about six months and it's been worse by measures of order than it is now, that I think it's a bit unfair of us to ask like Sam to be grateful for his time at Everton. Not saying he did a great job, I'm just saying that many of our managers, aside from maybe Kuman, were not put in a position to succeed. They weren't supported to the hilt. They had people interfering from every angle, like Kia Drevshin and Mashiri himself and Alistair Uzmanov and all kinds of stuff going on. So on that front, I do feel bad, even for Rafa to an extent. He got to spend like two million pounds. But no, it was weird having Dunk say, like, oh, it was good times with you. Like you did a good job. Yeah, he was very adamant that no, I had your back. I had yeah. your back. No one else did. He was adamant. I had your back. Yeah. Nearly like get me on his way. <laughs> you know. Absolutely see that. Yeah, and, and look, Donga Ferguson could probably come out and say that he hated Everton, and I'd probably still back him because I absolutely love him as a legend. But um, John, just come to you. Uh, just what was your feelings from it? What did you take? I thought as well. I thought it was strange how awkward even Sam Alderdice was on it as well. It was really. I, I, they just seemed so uncomfortable. It was strange. It was really yeah. strange. Shots of Bisto before the show. That's why. He <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bovril probably. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I went to that event with Duncan Ferguson with Paul a, a couple of weeks back, and um, Ferguson was actually really transparent with everything, and he was. Yeah, you guys were saying yeah. Yeah, we we know he doesn't drink, so all he was drinking was water. So it was coming from the heart, like everything that he was saying, but. He didn't want to mention Allardyce um, at that event. I've, this is the first time I've seen Ferguson speak like this against, well, towards Allardyce um, with such a, you know, warm, open-armed kind of feeling towards him. Um, I don't know. We, we don't know what goes on on the training ground. We don't know how the players react to managers or we can, we, we're just looking on it from the outside. But, it, you know, his, his, his record when he was with us, um, Allardyce, Managed 26, won 10, drawn 7, lost 9, finished 8th. It's not bad. The stats are not bad, but you can't judge a manager based on just stats. And, you know, it, by the end of it, he had a run of games where he, he just won 2 in 11 games. Um, and then we had that whole restructure of the board. So we got rid of 
uh, Elstone and brought in, you know, Denise Barrett-Baxendale. And then his, the statement that he came out after that was like, I'm shocked, disappointed and disgusted that the football club didn't have the decency to tell me, my director of football and my staff about the changes. They must have been in the pipeline for some time, but no one thought to tell me and my staff. So, and then as you mentioned, he had like, he was 20th in total shots, 19th in total shots on targets. You know, the stats were horrible in terms of of playing style. Yeah. Um, But it's not about the stats for me. It's about how a manager buys into a certain club. You know, if it doesn't, it doesn't work. He wasn't buying into Everton's ethos. He was buying into his own ethos and bringing his yeah. ego with him and expecting yeah. everyone to get on board with that. Um, we've seen a prime example just recently with Gerard at Villa and vice versa with Lampard at Everton. It's yeah. a completely different situation because if you don't buy into the club, you, you're relatively short-lived. It's, it's as simple as that. He didn't buy into Everton for me and everything was just about him. Um, and then he goes on to talk about, the, you know, if he'd have had big money to spend and stuff like that. Well, he's, he wasted forty million on Cheng Tosin and Theo Walcott. Yeah, so he, yeah. It's that was like a little tester. It is forty million pounds. See what you can do with it, and he's wasted it up the wall. So, I'm sorry, mate. You know, you can say all you want about the stats and stuff like that and finish an eighth, but he just didn't buy into it, and the fans sense that from day one. They do. Yeah. You know, and that's why we didn't like him. Yeah, Lee. I'll just move on to you here. Um, I, th- I think. I think most people would agree. I'm sure certain Newcastle fans would probably try and argue, you know, it was us or West Ham fans, us, but, you know, Everton, I think the Everton job, the reason he's so bitter about it is because I think it was the pinnacle of his of his managerial career. He did get the chance at Newcastle. And like he mentioned in that video about how he wanted to do the rebuild, but it was, uh, he got sacked over uh, a restructure new owners. No, he didn't. He actually got sacked because he had Newcastle rock bottom as well, or at least very down there. I haven't done stat checking this. I just remember, but absolutely horrendous what he done with them. Um, but even at that, he, he had decent years at West Ham, you know. He, and but he doesn't get rolled out for, you know, talking about West Ham much. It's always seems to be in talk sport. They just give off about Everton and put the boot down. You know, he loves it, and I think I think he actually is genuinely. A, but I don't think it's better as well. I, 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 I sort of think that he's. That it's it's hurt him, you know. He nearly was like, "This is it. I, I have a big club." Because he is of the old school, you know, school way of K, you know, where Everton, what they are and and who they are and, and and what they're about, and to be associated with them, they've been their manager. He would have liked a couple of years, but just how was it for you too? No, it was. A, I I turned it off once he started. Once Ferguson started playing, that they couldn't have sacked him. I was yeah. like. And yeah. I, I feel sorry for Dunk because he's obviously went on there. He's trying to get himself a job. So he's obviously accepted this interview, hoping that obviously clubs will see it. And he's got a good relationship with Big Sam, who's got obviously a very good reputation within football. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, as soon as he started saying that, I was like, off straight away. I mean, the because... problem. Yeah. Sorry, mate. I was just going to say, no, like, no, whoever told him, well, you know, he was going to lead us out at Bramley Moor needs to go. If they're still in the club, <laughs> I'm telling you, that's shocking. That why would you say that to Sam? To Allardyce? be fair, every, every man has just said that since Marco Silva, though. Yeah, but I mean, like, he, he must have known his job was a stopgap situation, which is what he does in yeah, football. Yeah. That's what he. That's his, That's how he's built his reputation. Remember, remember, he kept saying he built, he saved us from relegation, but like David, David Onsworth got that four-one. 
one against West. Was it West Ham? Yeah, it was West Ham, wasn't it? Rooney got the hat trick, didn't he? That mm. goal again, a goal from the halfway line. But um, Rooney, yeah, Rooney we left already... because he thought Allardyce was staying on. By the way, yeah, did he? Yeah, yeah, that's why he was he was ready to sign another one year extension. Um, if he thought Allardyce was leaving, but obviously, I thought Rooney wanted out himself, or I thought the club wanted yeah. Rooney gone. I no, think no. he wanted his wages off the bill anyway, because yeah, yeah. obviously, it mm. was a top goal that season too. At the time, we couldn't fucking organise a piss up in a brewery and fucking mm. <laughs> and run silly wages. Yeah, but I mean, it's just shocking. Like we, this is part of this is why I wanted Mashiri gone in the summer for stuff like this. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. stop putting this crap onto the fans. Um, and he's not the worst, by the way. We've we've seen Rafa after that. That's 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 <laughs> way worse than Sam Allardyce. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's just a, like I'll go back to what I was saying earlier. Like, he, he didn't buy into anything at the club, he didn't buy into the fans, he didn't buy into the ethos. It was just him looking smug, smoldering, you know, just yeah, yeah. And I, I, like... do, I do agree with you, Graham, as well. We were apart from the England job, we were the biggest club that he'd ever been at. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah the England job that. too, yeah. But three, yeah. we fucked that up as well. Uh, you know what I mean? So. <laughs> Yeah, just sour grapes. He doesn't want. He doesn't want to ever speak out about England too, because I think that's one that would damage his his, his pun, punditry chances. Perhaps you know what I mean, because it's so limited. Because it's such a there's a wide field to pick from. But um, yeah, absolute whomper. He really is. Um, yeah, I just thought yeah, it was a really, really strange interview. I I love Duncan. As you said, if he came out and slated the club, I'd probably still love him. Um, because that's that's why we love him because he's open and straight and stuff. But I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Dunk, you'd, you'd expect Dunk to be in a position where it was a strange like, one, basically. It was a strange one, yeah. It yeah. was, I, I, I can't remember Dunk, yeah, yeah. It's I, not I, the sorry, just he's just he jump over here, yeah, just yeah. just it's not disrespecting Duncan Ferguson, he's put something out there, and the people, people have a right to have an opinion, just uh, yeah. And, Ultimately, it, it came across a bit strange. I don't think Duncan came across as strange, but I just my reaction to him talking around. Like, yeah, I think even smiled even when he mentioned Ronald, and you're like, no, cool. Yeah. Like, mm. no. It's the way he kept calling him big man. That's what it was like, yeah. big uh, man over there. Like you've got too much respect for this guy. I mean, I know you work with him closely. When he's like fucking a foot bigger than him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, yeah. I, I think he was put in it. I think he was put in a position where he had to obviously, you know, put it up to him a bit. Yeah. Well, I, as I say, I, I think Sam is a big gateway now. You know, Ferguson doesn't seem to be going into coaching, so mm. maybe Allardyce is a very good gateway of him to get into talk sports, get into Sky Sports, things like that. You know, because I'm sure, as I say, with uh, being sports with uh, Gray and. Richard Keys, Richard Keys, big yeah. Harry Harry Hans Keys, you know. So <laughs> it's a good way for him to get into those sort of places. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah and I hope it yeah. all goes well for because I do like listening to Duncan talk. I, I, yeah. I like I actually like the intensity and his speech when he's talking football in general. You mm-hmm. know, and I think he speaks really really well. Um, his but, knowledge of the game is outstanding. By the way, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, he's, he's so, got incredible um, knowledge. But yeah, just don't be doing nothing anymore, Duncan. Please with the. Uh, I no, found I it very strange as well as you, you see him when he was like when he was talking about why he's got me on to talk about England, and then he was yeah. saying about Scotland, 
not mm. only qualifying for like one World Cup. I'm very surprised <laughs> he didn't turn around and say, but you know, I'm not really bothered about them because obviously he's, he retired because they put him in jail. Yeah. yeah. He literally, yeah. I think he's got five caps, five caps for Scotland or something like that. Yeah. And then yeah. he never played again. Yeah. yeah, he basically turned them, turned his back on them. He did. He was what he done. like that evening that we had with him. He was so incredibly bitter towards the Scottish FA and stuff. So yeah, yeah you're right. You're right there actually. And they threw the book at him. Yeah, but um, yeah, um, just to move on. So, uh, from a former player to a player still on our books but out on loan. So, uh, Delhi Alley, um. The new Besiktas manager, uh, Shanal Ganesh, I hope I said that right anyway, he uh, he's came out and made a statement that Deli Ali just doesn't seem to be in his conversation when he's talking about players at the club and the effort that they're giving him and what he wants from players. John, I'll come to you first. Um, it's quite a damning interview and statement that he gave. Um, do you want to give your thoughts? Yeah, um, it's just a shame. I'm disappointed for Delhi. I really am. Um, I was so excited when we signed him. You know, there was rumours about his work ethic and his attitude and stuff. I put them to one side. You know, Jose Mourinho's comments about him, I just put them at the back of my mind in the hopes that Frank Lambar could get the best out of him, like he's done with the Wobie. But, um, yeah, I just really wanted them to succeed. We even had the show planned, you know, play a profile. That's how excited. We've still got the notes and everything, you know. Yeah, I know, I know. We're so excited for them, but... Thank God we didn't put that out. Yeah, just don't know. <laughs> don't know what's happened to him. Like, he's he's just... I honestly don't know. Um, So, I mean, unless unless this guy, like, and Besiktas actually want to try and drive the price down, even though, even further than what it already is, maybe we were hoping to get at least... 10 million for them maybe they want to just pay 2 million i don't know yeah. um i'd still sell them for 2 million but um we need them wages off we can yeah definitely well over 100 like. just, just disappointed for them really am um it's a shame because as we say he's only 26 or something like that you know he's 25 yeah. 26 he's he's supposed to be in his prime um he's just burnt out isn't he it's just completely fallen, for me i think it's just fallen hard out of love with the game yeah um yeah i was the same as you i was one to just look past everything and just thought he could be rejuvenated and as you elegantly put there just like a obi you know mm. um the way he turned it around for him but you know and and then even at that he, he we, we all thought he bought himself new life with the palace second half performance at yeah. the end of the season where he was a game changer but um I I don't know what you think, Lee, but for me, I I thought this move was doomed. When I seen it was just a loan to Turkey, I was massively, massively underwhelmed because yes, I was happy getting them out. Um, offhand, I don't know what level the wages, but I guarantee it isn't all of them. I wouldn't even say it's half of them, to be absolutely honest. Um, Turkey is where players just go to be used and abused, in my opinion, and I mean that in the most respectful way, as in. The Turkish clubs are no nonsense. They know the revenues, and they'll just they'll they'll get a player that's down and out who can play at their level. Someone like Jean Philippe Gabamin. I hate comparing people to people at our shows, but you, yeah, a, a lot of top players go there to die. Deli Ali's gone there in his prime years, as John said. So, how did you feel? Did you think it was going there to be a field move after all, or 
Yeah, and yes, well, it's still early on date. I know it is still early on date. Yes, maybe I'm being about too damning, but it does not, you know, it doesn't smell very nice what's coming out of there. Well, if you look at the last two players who we, well, we consistently loaned to the clubs in Turkey, was Joseph Yobo and Sentosin. And basically, none of both of them left on a free. Yeah. And they didn't really, well, obviously, Yobo's well retired now, but he didn't do I loved Yobo. I loved him. I did. But he fucked himself over, didn't he? After the African <laughs> combination. Yeah. Or, no, and then Tosin's, has he gone back there? Yeah, he's, he's a Besiktas too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's not even in that conversation, which is nuts. Exactly. So, no, as you say, Turkey's one of them. It's it's a, an indictment of where he is in his career, I think. Yeah. A damning yeah. one as well at that, because... Yeah, definitely. Just I just think, like, it's it's incredibly, like, disheartening for him as a man if all his agent can bring to him is Besiktas on loan at the age of 26. It's pathetic, it really is, like... You know, I just feel like so bad on him, and Jose Mourinho is right. Do you know what I mean? It's, I, th- I still think Jose Mourinho was partly to blame in his downfall because he came out publicly and, and proper done him dirty, like, but yeah, just dirty. Um, maybe that's had a lot to do with it, but at the same time, why is he saying that? Like, Jose, there's obviously something behind it, but you know, his agents, I mean, if I'm a player and I'm 26 and I've been performing, you know, in the Champions League for Spurs and you know, I was playing so well as a youngster and all that, and, and he's coming to me with Besiktas. I'm thinking, I'm not 36, like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? It's it's madness, yeah. like, but, yeah, hopefully we can just get rid of him in January. That's just just start again. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he'll, I, I don't think he'll be pulling an Everton shirt on ever again. No, but I, I think it's just going to be a series of frustrating until we can, uh, find out what's happening but um yeah just andrew just discussing here just with uh deli alley um and yeah well no do do you think it's it's not going to it's not going to be made permanent does it it's it's just going to be he's just i i just think he's going to be bounced out and loan until his contract's done with us to be honest what are your thoughts uh, is there any chance we get him back from that loan in January or was it one year? I'm nearly certain it's one year. They can buy him for a certain price in January or I'm another. Gonna... And nah, they're not, are they? Um, I think, yeah, he's coming back from his loan whenever that is. And then we will look to sell him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, or pittance. Yeah. Well, no, I think just Sean Alguish, he just does not seem uh, to impress with him. So, um. Yeah, I think if you have a new manager come on and he's not even putting you into the conversation, that's just damning. Really, really damning. But um, yeah. He Good should luck be the best Alley. player in that league, shouldn't he? Yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. He has had a few injuries and stuff, and that can stutter him. But even at that, he should be bossing it at that age and, and with his ability and his physicality. Over and yeah. over and over again, you see that. Yeah. You know, he's not great enough that he can forego that. Like James could put in, you know, 30% shifts on the training pitch and still work wonders in a regular game. As good as Deli Alley was in his peak, that didn't maintain through his mid-20s where he has no. that now. And he can't just ride on that. He's not a prodigy like that. Yeah, no, well, well uh, he, 
under Pochettino he was, but it was Pochettino's blue eyed boy. He just knew how to get how to get that recipe right with him. I was so. just gonna say, you think about it four years ago. Well, four years ago he was playing for England in the World Cup yeah. semi final. Then the year later he was playing in the Champions League final. Now mm-hmm. he's on loan. He was never the same since that final, you know. Never the same yeah. since that final. I think it's it was Potts, yeah, Potts left. Yeah. As soon as Potts and, left. Yeah, and even at that, full circles. And that was never a penalty, was it? So give the shite and all a bit of silver, you know. But and what can you do? Always goes back to them. Referees and the shite. But, um, <laughs> yeah, just another news. Uh, Charlie Whittaker's just a uh, young player. John, you're nodding there. Just um, He signed... A new deal at the club, one for the yep. future. Um, yep. Really and some young chap as well, I'll give him that as well. Um, yep. It's good though, He's he's been at Everton since he was 12 apparently. Um, you know, he, he made his first senior appearance in that pre-season last season against yeah. the Pumas, I think it was, in Orlando. But um, And then, yeah, 19... Uh, he's been in impressive form this season as well. He he scored two at the weekend, by the way, in the six-three win against Man City, which is an excellent result. Um, he's already got four goals and four assists this season as well, so he can play on either wing or up front. Very very promising. So yeah, it's it's excellent that we tied him down. Um, yeah, just just fantastic overall. Yeah. So, Andrew, just come to you next. Do, do you think do you think this this deal just screams now that he's going to go out on loan and this is where we can see James Vaughan thrive with doing what he does picking that right club for where he should go yeah absolutely um as you know, much as we talked about Frank you know trusting and using the youth there are levels and now that we've got it will be doing his best Onana now and Idrissa Gay back there's not much of a path to break into that three especially as an attacker with Onana and it will be being as good as they are right now so yes this is the time for Vaughn to show where gets him to the where gets Whitaker to the next level. Yeah. So Lee, um, even even if Whitaker was to get under the match day squad and stuff, um, I'm never clear on whoever he's on our subs bench most weeks, to be honest. But do you think he could be even an option um, to come on on the bench? They'd be thrown on as a wild card while he's waiting to find possibly that loan. Would you well, want to have him in the squad? I wouldn't mind him in the squad because obviously, you, when you're that young, I mean, Moy's done it for years with Rooney for a while, for a good while. Yeah. Put him in the squad, yeah, but most. he didn't come on. Yeah. Just so you get used to traveling with the squad, staying with the squad, all the rest of it. But yeah. I, I can't see him getting ahead of Gray, Gordon, and McNeil at the moment. But now it's good that we're trying because we've obviously. Lost a youngster to Man City, so to be able to tie one of them down to a long-term contract only bodes well for the future. And hopefully, as you've pointed out already, Bourne can earn his um, earn his money now and get him the right club. Yeah, and because, um, yeah, because you know some of the loans where they went out now, but you already say successful, but you know he seems to have found good loans, especially for likes of Dobbin and stuff. So. Yeah, no, let, let, let's hope so. But um, on to the next bit here. Just want to talk about, so Everton under-21s are set to play two games at Watnall Park. So they're playing PSG on the 9th of, the, of November, 7pm. And they're playing Southampton on the 13th of November, 12pm. So I think 
be absolutely brilliant if people got down to watch them now in just a more a smaller stadium so it'd be more packed more intensity for them um i think for the local lads i think you boys need to get down especially if you can for that psg game see some beautiful talent but that, it's brilliant that they're instead instead of just in a big you know how do you put it near empty goodison park you know, or maybe just one stand full if you've got everybody piled in the Walton Park, giving it that sort of 360 degrees of atmosphere. It can only be better for these guys, couldn't it? And they push them forward. It's a good chance too to see who who's breaking breaking through. There's always a lot of talk, but a lot of people can't get to the games. So with it being just right beside Goodison, be good to go and watch a game of footy, especially against a young PSG side, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's a it's a good test for them, like it really is. Um, and they usually play at Hague Avenue in Southport, which is yeah. got an, an attendance of roughly like six thousand. Um, Walton Hall Parks maximum two thousand, yeah, two thousand five hundred at a push. Um, not sure why they chose there, but it's it's better for us. Um, so anyone who's local, definitely try and get down there and check it out, and it'll be a good one. It's a good test for the boys. You know, we we know PSG now. Um. You know, they probably got one of the best academies in the world at the moment, um, just because of how much money they're probably pumping into it. You know, they yeah. want to find they want to find that next Messi and Neymar, save spending two hundred million pounds on them. Um, you know, so they they probably got an, an incredible academy. So yeah, it'll be a fantastic test. And again, if Charlie Whittaker plays, I hope he plays an absolute blinder in that game as well. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's exciting for them boys, like. No, definitely. I say, I think, I think you local boys should definitely get down to that. Um, well, I'll, I'll be getting down there if I can, like, work, see what work is and stuff. Yeah. So I am literally, well, it takes me about 20 minutes to walk. It's not too far. So. Is it, how many boozers are you stopping? Well, there's a good <laughs> nine or ten on the way. Just had shots then. You get oh, there in half an hour. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so moving on to this silly area. Um, tends to be one of my favourites, but... So we're going to talk some transfer stuff. Um, we'll start with probably the most ex- most exciting. Try and say that with a straight face. I have to get this out of the way. So Fabrizio Romano, this this guy's come out today and says apparently Everton and Aston Villa are head to head in a race to sign Matt Ritchie from Newcastle for twelve million. This is thirty three year old Matt Ritchie. Now there was a bit of chat today in the group about it, and me and Shane were sort of chatting. Go back, and he thought I was chatting about uh, Ryan Fraser. <laughs> Ryan Fraser, yeah, but I was saying no. But they're both very similar stories going on mm. for even four months. But I, I like Matt Ritchie. Matt Ritchie left the Premier League to go down to Newcastle in the Championship, and I actually seen him that season. I was on the stag do from hell in Newcastle, <laughs> um, but I was just about able to watch the match. I think they were playing Rotherham, maybe. I think it was. Can't remember. Anyway. Um, yeah, but Matt, just, Matt Ritchie was in front of me um, the entire first half. I just really like watching him. And, and since then, I did like him, but he is not Everton standard. He's 33. He's not even, no, he, he was he was a regular in Newcastle's team until the money came in. But like, you'd be absolutely mental to spend 12 million on Matt Ritchie, wouldn't you, John? Is, is that what was being quoted? 12 million? Is 12 that- million. And for Brittany Romano saying it, so do you think he's just sort of getting his neb on with Newcastle and he's going to sort of put stuff out for them because surely if he has any knowledge of, of the English Premier League, he wouldn't be spouting that shite, would he? 
yeah, he must have some kind of connection to them now or something. I don't know, but Matt Ritchie, one appearance all season, this season. Um, yeah. He's just, as you say, he's 33. 18 appearances last season, zero goals. 18 appearances the season before, zero goals. I still like him. 165 Premier League appearances, 11 goals. 11 great goals they were too. He just doesn't fit the mould. I mean, why, nah. would we, why would we take on other players, other teams' cast-offs anymore? We, I thought we got past that stage. Do you know what I mean? I don't, I don't think there's any substance. It's just like, again, that lazy Everton link, Everton, Aston Villa. Last, every time Villa's been in the Premier League, we always get put up there. If we're not looking for someone head-to-head with Aston Villa, we're head-to-head with West Ham or Newcastle. You know, it's the same... Merry go round yeah. of absolute crap, you know. It's just, but it's just a mad one. I, I just thought we had to address it because Fabrizio Romano was on there, you know. And terrific, yeah. I mean, I, I just hate like if we if we took him on right, and then we play Newcastle next season, they've spent sixty million on a better Matt Ritchie, and we're bringing on Matt Ritchie. You just feel embarrassed. Like, just stop it. <laughs> Honestly, just stop it. I thought we got past, like we've got good scouts, so you know, let them get on with it. And there's a couple of players that we're, we're linked to. You're all more exciting than this guy, so no, he's 33. Stop it. Yeah. Does, does, uh, does that quote say that it's, an, um, that it's a race that we've joined yeah. the race with Aston Villa? Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I open a fucking head to head with Villa. We just can't wait to get there. Must be a slow race. No, you go. You're right. Ah, my hamstring going. <laughs> yeah. No. The boy's pulling up for everything. Just... Not for <laughs> no. me. That, that's, that, that actually. This might be the cynic in me, but that just screams Kia Gibraltar all Yes, over. yes. Yeah. I don't know. I've only just thought of that as well. And I've seen the rumour before and I just thought, no. I'll tell you I'll tell you why that, that might be the case, because in the quote that Fabrizio said, he, he said something like Unai Emery, who's close friends with Rafa Benitez, um, has been speaking to him about him or something like that. Well yeah, it's just I mean, come on, stop it. Let's be it's just getting silly, isn't it? Proper silly, like. Yeah. Well, just let's hopefully we don't sign him. And here's uh, someone who I I would happily have my wing. So Nicholas Jackson, 21-year-old from Villarreal. Um, I have watched it. We were linked to him before in the summer too, weren't we? Um, We all watched the scout reports then too. And, you know, he looks... He looks an exciting, like a big, he looks, well, he's 6'1", 6'2", big gangly, powerful sprinter. Um, Lee, did he, uh, are you aware of the player? Do you know him? Um, have you watched much of him? Because he looks like the sort of player who who could, what we want to challenge Gordon and Gray. And this is this is what it's all about. It'd be a completely different dynamic. So you've got Gray and, Gray and Gordon who are slightly similar than you McNeil, who's completely left field. As a left-sided player, slow, but he's a dribbler, you know, and he, mm. he more like likes to drop the shoulder and angle around and roll roll off the defender and come away with the ball. Whereas if you had a guy who just was like a steam train, it would be more exciting element to add to our our, our wing options, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, I haven't watched. I haven't. I haven't seen him play. I'm not going to lie, but I was. I was looking looking at his um, stats and that, and he's not. He, he doesn't look a bad. From the stats, he doesn't look a bad little player, and he is yeah. only twenty-one, and he's quite big for a winger. He's six; he is six foot one. Yeah, he's massive. Yeah, yeah. so he gives a lot of fullbacks in this league a lot of trouble. 
Yeah, yeah, quite short fullbacks in this league, but um, yeah, no, he would just run through them. Like, um, well, he's from the same he's from the same area of Senegal as Onana and Guy. That's it. Yeah, Senegalese too. Yeah, yeah, and the cherry on the top of the cake as well is the fact that he's actually a Bosman at the end of the season. He he will be free, but Barcelona are sign him in January. Then can't we? Because you can talk to clubs. Bottom yeah. clubs in January. Yeah, so no. pre pre-contract. So yeah, so you just took the words out of my mouth too. So John, just just on him, uh, do you think that Onana and Ghana, being obviously Onana, they're not they don't play for Senegal, but I'm sure they're all they always speak and they all tend to know each other. The, the yeah, footballers all over Europe. Do you, mm. do you think they would be reaching out and saying, "Get here, get here, come to yeah. Everton." Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um. I mean, I think that's why Onana Onana signed because he yeah, the guy was going back and you know it, they do link they do as you say. But I mean, he's he's a decent player. Um. But as a, I don't really know a lot about him, but there's a little article that I found on him. So it says that he's an attacking player who can play on uh, either flank. He can also play as a striker as well because of his size and his build. Um. He's very good on the ball. Very good at dribbling and passing. Likes to carry the ball and create danger and create chances for his teammates, but he lacks finishing and dribbles too much in moments. That yeah, sounds well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, <laughs> exactly. But um, no, it says he's good. He's fast and he's good at aerial duels. But it, it gets me thinking. He's in a similar mold to Kudus. So does that mean we've just given up on him now? He's playing out of his mind in the Champions League. So maybe like it's a. Uh, for profit and sustainability, mm. maybe it makes sense to do that. They try and find something else, especially if he if he is on a free. Yes, yeah. there'll be a, a bigger signing fee, but you just have to balance that. Yeah, but I mean, he's only twenty one. There is room for growth, you know. And, yeah. and I'd rather take a chance on someone like him than Matt Ritchie. I'll tell you that. Oh, <laughs> I'm only joking, Andrew. In terms of uh, Nicholas Jackson, is he? Have you seen much of him? Have you scouted him at all? We did talk about him in the summer, obviously. But uh, would you, for a, for a steam train young buck, just pace and power? You know, you would like I'd to see that. Right? I'd rather say, damn the FFP, let's go. He wants to work with Frank. He wants to come to Everton, and he's I now both. proven. Okay, yeah, both. <laughs> no problem. Um, yeah. I, I would rather just have someone more ready-made right now up front because that yeah. is our biggest problem. We've really improved. I mean, the back line is not even comparable anymore. The midfield is still growing, but much better yeah. than it was. The yeah. front is mostly hapless. So I, I want somebody ready to just slot in, plug and play. And I think kudos to that. I do not think Nicholas is. Yeah, no, that's it's all fair. It's all fair assessments. I'm just all for free players. Takes me back to my FIFA 13 yeah. sort of days where you just go through the free transfers and build an absolute world class side players. They really already got a paid. song, by the way. I'm sorry, Nick Jackson. Woo! I'd, I'd buy him just the for thing that. Is, listeners, you can't see John's oh, jazz hands when he does this. That really sells it. <laughs> that's what they can't see, Andrew. That that's that's the trick. Oh, jeepers. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> um, I can't wait to hear John's song for this next player. So um, another player that we're linked to is Eintracht Frankfurt's uh, Diachi Kamara. 
uh, the Japanese midfielder is available on a free as well. Um, we're strongly linked now. Dave, he's only Dave. I always talk about Dave. We all talk about Dave, and Dave talks football. Um, he does a lot of scouting, and he has been talking about this guy for a long, long time. So we were quite surprised to see his name come up on it. Um, he's actually raging. He's he's not on this show. They talk about it. So, guys, do you know much about Diachi and Kamara? I've only ever watched the scouting stuff that uh, Davis sent to me before. And you know what? He's he's a very, very neat and tidy central midfielder. Always got his head up. He's very, very aware. He, uh, yeah. So I was just going to say, you know, he, remember Gomez against Liverpool, that game in his first season? Like, you, you look at his scout reports. Um, that's that's what he looks like. You know, he's he's not throwing boys off the ball, but he's very very clever in how he uses the ball. It actually a lot of the times it looks like he's about to lose it and he, he gets away and, and comes free with the ball. Now, I don't know if you're giving him the LA test and watching him ninety minutes and he might lose it a couple of times, but you know, he, he looks he looks an exciting player. And if not, they kiss his arse. But if Dave's excited about him, that gives me a lot of hope. To be absolutely fair, um, Lee, I'll come to you first in this one, bud. Um, have you have you got much look at him, and and would you be interested? And in, I'm still not over not getting Honda in the Moist days. That was the prime Japanese player. I had that Japan jersey from World Cup too with Honda on the back. Beautiful. But yeah, is uh, Kamada a player that you would like to get? Yeah. Well, I haven't. Again, I haven't really seen much of him. But I was just looking through his stats there, and it seems the last two years he sort of like grew. As a player, because yeah, goals and assists have gone through the roof massively. I mean, he's not scored a massive amount of goals, but compared to earlier on in his career, he's. Yeah. I think he's already got seven goals this season already. In he's eleven really, games, yeah, he's really in the league. Yeah, he's really, really clever in the box. You know, there's yeah. a few finishes. I think there's one against Barcelona. He just turns his body, he makes, it, opens it wide, and just curls one right in the bottom corner. There's ones where these the keepers charging him out, and he's just. It just uh, if you watch ice hockey, it's like a deke. He just does a deke and just takes it, takes the keeper clean out. Doesn't know where he's going. Just slots, slots it on. He's a very clean player. He, there's and there's quite a few clubs as well where he's three on goal, and he just we we were actually discussing this about the league teams and and the likes of Man City and stuff where they they don't mind playing the FIFA pass. They tab it on and there's a couple there where he just lifts the head and plays on the person there to, to give you a guaranteed goal. So just Andrew, will come to you. Is he someone you're aware of? Have you seen the scout reports? I know we've, we, we've talked about him in, in group and stuff before, but is, is he a player that would excite you? Uh, yeah. Um, aside from Dave talking about him like Frank spoke about Onana, uh, I wasn't yeah. quite aware of him. I don't watch any Bundesliga or anything else outside of the Prem yet. I'm still trying to grow my knowledge of the league that I do somewhat know. Yeah. Um, but what I like about him, just from the stats beyond his goal capabilities, is he puts in a shift. Uh, he's 85th percentile for tackles. Uh, he's got great interception blocks, clearances, aerials numbers, like all very, very solid, as well as his attacking threat. So he's not just going to do one job. He will track back and put in the hard work. And that's what we need for Everton. Yeah. John, have you any songs there about Diachi Kamara? No songs, um, but he, he he does look impressive. Like he's in brilliant form. Um, it's interesting that everyone's talking about him like a central midfielder. I I kind of had him in mind that he was like an attacking midfielder, more of like, you know, a Wobie's position. Um, 
as Lee said, he's got some goals there. Seven goals in eleven assists. Seven goals in in eleven appearances in the league. Um, three goals in six in the Champions League, by the way, and also yeah. two and two in the German Cup. So, yeah, brilliant. Um, brilliant bit of form. I don't know. I mean, we'll we'll just have to wait and see how he gets on in the World Cup. I think uh, Germany and Spain are in uh, Japan's group. So, as if he plays well, this this price could just go through the roof. Um, but again, oh, it's free. His wages oh, might go through the roof, but he's going to be a free in the summer, yeah. Oh, nice. Fair play. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, around Bellwell. Yeah, mm-hmm. sorry, mate. Just to, just to slip in. So it sounds like, you know, you've got these links about Matt Ritchie and stuff for 12 million. Yeah. No, what's for Fabrizio for Romano? Go and take your face for a burp. <laughs> but like, you know, <laughs> this looks this looks genuine. This looks like the scouts been spotted and, and it looks like that Bellwell is, you know, Trying to trying to work things a bit more clever, and yeah. I think it's fair to say as well that there's not much after likes of Holland and stuff coming here now. You know, we, we talk about the Eredivisie being a league where we're not confident players coming here because it's so night and day mm-hmm. with them. But you know, and I, I know what's putting it down to Holland, who's a world class striker, uh, and make no, I, I don't beat around the bush here, a world class striker. But you know, the Bundesliga has always sort of been closer to our style than than others, yeah. respectively. So, I think uh, I was trying to adapt overall. You mean? Yeah, yeah, Mass- massively, and and his style of play. I think it fits here. You know, mm. I I really really do think it would fit. So he, he is one. Um, I'm sure if there's any more links in future, uh, Dave will be busting to get on. But just He's um, in the high press too. Um, they tore yeah. Team USA a new one with their pressing style. Mm. So Frank can get that going, like we played against Palace. And yeah. with him in there, I think it'd be checking the boxes there. Yeah, he's yeah, combative. Definitely. He's good on the ball. He's a good ivory goal. He's not selfish. Mm. So what do you want? Get him Again, signed in, in a similar mold to Kudus, maybe. So yeah. are we are we looking elsewhere? I don't know. Yeah, get them all. Get them on. But even yeah. even at that, so what we're talking about the other day that there's a, you know, Ganas thirty three, and how long left does he have? But he is he that you know professional stopgap. So, you yeah. know, and I still believe Onana's going to drop. I really do. I think Onana's going to play deeper. So there's going to be room for that sort of player, be it a Kudos or be it a Kamada, you know. So, yeah, it's interesting. That That's one of the big ideas. Hopefully there's more lengths than there is legs in it. And hopefully we can get Dave giving it a bit more of a his excited tones on it as well. But, um, yeah, just... Um, But yeah, that's us for today. Um, thanks for coming on, lads. Um, keep liking, sharing the podcast, please, folks. Um, check out our sponsors. We're sponsored by Ma- uh, Manscaped. And uh, thanks for listening. Evan, we. Now it's time for a quick word about our sponsor, Manscaped. Big thank you to the guys over at manscaped.com for sending some products for us to check out. Manscaped are the best in the business when it comes to men's below-the-waist grooming products. I can tell you from my own personal experience, I've used it on my beard actually, and I'm blown away by how cool and how good this lawnmower 4.0 is. You really do make precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. And... It basically looks like an F117 stealth bomber for your balls. It looks that good and comes with its own little wireless charging stand, which looks like something Batman would use. So yeah, it's pretty sick. The Performance Package 4.0 has arrived and it's a game changer. Inside you'll find a Lomo 4.0 trimmer, 
the weed whacker for your ears and nose, crop reserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxes, and a travel bag to hold all that good stuff. The ball deodorant especially guys is an absolute game changer by the way, you need it, trust me. The lawnmower 4.0 is the future of grooming and it's waterproof. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The lawnmower 4.0 also has a 4000K LED spotlight if you need a more precise shave. The performance package 4.0 also includes the weed whacker nose and ear, and ear trimmer. And the weed bucket is also waterproof and also has manscaped skin safe technology as well which helps reduce nicks, snags and tugs in those delicate nose holes. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Trust me when I say this, your balls will thank you. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their performance package 4.0, the Manscaped box, Boxes and Travel Bag. It's time to take care of yourself, so join over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. With this exclusive offer for you, get 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code EAW20 at manscaped.com. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening to the Everton Aren't We podcast. If you like what you've heard, then please share it with your blue friends and family. And don't forget to rate, subscribe and review the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It really does help us out as we build this thing up. You can always catch us on Twitter by searching for at EAWpodcast. And if you have anything else you'd like to discuss, you can reach us via email at EAWpodcast at gmail.com. Dot com.